Hello and welcome to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings Fan Club Podcast. I am your host and co-president, Mr. Richard Dawson, and I am joined by our two fellow presidents of the society. Vice President and all-round nice guy, Mr. John McDonald, and co-president and show producer, Mr. Reese Field. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. And now this has become very popular, hello, gentlemen, so we're going to have to get some t-shirts printed or something, but uh, yeah, we'll keep it going for now. Last week's show was very well received in terms of listener questions, volume one. So we are going to replay the format. We had another inundated uh, lot of questions in, which Reese has sifted through and uh, picked us some nice juicy ones out for this week. So let's get straight into it. Listener questions, volume two, question one. So here we go. Volume two, question one. Who's it from, Reese? What's the question? So our first question of tonight's show or today's show or this morning's show, whenever you're listening, comes from Martin via email. Um, He actually said morning. So he sent this in the morning. Um, Question for the pod three. What are the three things the Vikings need to do to be in the best position to go to the Super Bowl in the next three years? Great question. Great question. The next three years. Is it possible? Come on, John. Is it possible? What do we need to do? Uh, there, there's a lot of areas we need to improve, but if you go for free, we, I think there's no doubt we need a future QB. That's that's the most important thing. Even if we do re-sign Kurt, which we might not do, is he's not a spring chicken and he can't can't carry this franchise for much longer. The next one is uh, draft a running back, I would, in the next couple of years, because that's the best way. These teams seem to be using running backs. Use a young running back off the draft, not paying overly much for the on the salary cap for them. And uh, we need to beef up that secondary, in my opinion, because that's a real that's always been a really weak point recently over the last couple of years. Our secondary, so that those are the three areas I'd really like to see beefed up over the next three years. And I reckon we could we could push. Push towards the Super Bowl for that. Do you know what, John? That's uh, that's three very eloquently put points there, mate. That's, uh, the, the running back especially intrigues me because um, I think we probably underappreciated Cook when he was here. And we've had some great running backs, Peterson, obviously, uh, in the franchise history. So, uh, yeah, it'd be good to beef that up. I'm going to go slightly down. Well, I think the first point is, is if we disagree on the first point, I think it'd be a, an odd podcast. Future franchise quarterback for me is, and I said it last week, it's got to be priority number one. Whether we bring Kurt back, whether we don't bring Kurt back, I would still like to see uh, any quarterback brought in out of the draft given a little bit of time to learn the offense and really hit the ground running because, as we saw with Jaron Hall last year, when he was forced to play, especially in a really big game, he unfortunately unraveled a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that Jaron Hall doesn't have a future in the game does he have a future with us i don't know um but yeah that future quarterback whether he's already in the building in jaron or whether we need to find that future quarterback i think is really really important especially in the next three years because what you would expect is that quarterback to be starting as of the 26th season really um and and within three years that's the person that if we're going to get there 
is going to take us to the is going to take us to the Super Bowl. My second thing that I think we need to sort, or I think we need to keep, is B-Flow. Flores drained every last milliliter uh, of talent out of the defense last year, and I like that he can make players play better than what potentially they actually are. I mean, we had a a, a very I don't want to say pedestrian, but maybe under-experienced defensive room last year, but in games he had them playing exceptionally well. And I think that's because of his scheme, because of his play calling, because of his coaching. So we potentially don't have to have massive stars on the defence for them to play exceptionally well. And I think if we can get the offence rolling again, then the defence probably only has to be sort of top 15 in the league to be able to get us to the Super Bowl. So for me, that's point number two, keep B-Flow. Make sure he's still in the building. Make sure he's getting that defense rolling. And then third, you're going to need some stars in your team, some absolute stars. Now, we've got a couple if we keep them. We've got JJ and we've got Addison, who could potentially roll into a star, Hawkinson, O'Neill, Darisaw. The problem is all these guys need paying. You know, we're thinking about potentially dropping Hunter this year because he's coming up to what I would refer to as a twilight contract in that, you know, he's going to want probably more years than he's going to be good for. So we have to have some money to pay these guys. And really, where our money has been sucked up over the past few years is in Kirk's contract. And there's a lot of dead cap. They're going to hit our salary cap. So I'd like to see the next three things to get us over the line and to the bowl. Let's find our quarterback, franchise quarterback of the future. Let's keep B-Flow in the building and let's clear some cap space because what that allows you to do is to is to get some stars in your team. So that's my three. John, we've heard yours. Come on then, Plucky Reese. What are you saying? What's your three? So whilst you say that Hunter should be moved on from because of a twilight contract, I'm going to disagree with you. My first thing on my list of three is you bring back Daniel Hunter. When you look at the teams that have been to the Super Bowl in the last few years, they have all had a premier player on that defensive line. Chris Jones for the Chiefs, Fletcher Cox at the Eagles. You've got Aaron Donald in the Rams, Nick Bosa on the 49ers. There are premium players on these on these teams and they, you know, defense wins championships and it starts in the trenches. You need to have someone on the on that line that is going to strike fear into the opposition. You've got to make him the quarterback's always going to be looking going, well, have I got four players blocking him? Because I don't know if anyone else is going to stop him. You need to put that fear into the quarterback of the opposition. Number two, again, I agree with you. Draft the QB of the future. We're in a good position. This is a strong quarterback draft. I like Bo Nix. I've said it a few times. People disagree with me on it. It doesn't even have to be in the first round. The way the draft is this year, there's a lot of early QB needy teams. You can trade down, get some draft capital, and probably still pick a good quarterback around 20. Let's not forget that's around about where we picked Teddy Bridgewater. And he looked like he was on course to take us to back-to-back playoff campaigns until his knee exploded in a horrible fashion training camp. And finally, I would give Curtis Modkins, who is our run game coordinator, more control of the playbook. The issues we had last year running the ball, I don't think they're on players. Chandler looks explosive. 
Wong Wu had his injuries, but if you give that man the ball, he's so fast and so strong, he should be able to run through people. And you can't say what happened with Alexander Madison last year is because of the player. He was an exceptional backup behind Cook. And when he was having to start games, he still performed. I still look at that game against the Seahawks and think, wow, this this man can play. Give the run game coordinator more control of the play, but let him throw more in. Because it felt like it was a quarterback calling the plays last year. And that's, of course, that's what coach is. He is a, he's a former quarterback, but he needs to lean on the experience of others, I feel. Because as a young coach, you know, that's one thing that maybe he could learn on, is just taking that advice. Like he did with Flores going, you take the defense, I'll take the offense. Get a run game coordinator in. And if you don't trust Curtis Markins, get someone in that you do trust. A couple of times, both of you mentioned the run game, and we've we've sort of ridiculed it almost last season. I think it was uh, very underperforming. I think Cam came in, and um, unfortunately, his Achilles seemed to be made of spaghetti. But he looked exciting for when he was playing, and I was I was hoping that he was going to um, start start really having some impact on games. But <laughs> it's it's funny because the question was, what do we do to get there us there in three years? And we've all mentioned some a bit different, so maybe. Is it even feasible to get there in three years? That's the big question, because like I said last week, a lot of things have to go right for you to win or get to the Super Bowl. And in one breath, you can say, oh, yeah, look at our offense. We've got some star players. We're not that far away. And then in the other breath, you can say, hang on a minute, we're, we're, we don't even have a quarterback on our <laughs> a QB1 on our roster this year. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it all feels a little bit up in the air, as it should do, because we're going into free agency and... Uh, there's going to be some players that are going to need to be paid. There's going to be players that need to be moved on. You know, people are talking all sorts of ridiculous trades at the moment. Do I even dare mention the JJ trade, the rumours that are flying around social media at the moment? It's, uh, yeah, no one's mentioned that one in our top three to do. I'm coming in on that. I know it's not part of our show, but I'm coming on that. If you're going to trade away Justin Jefferson, you're an idiot. That's <laughs> that's the bottom line. If you're an, you're an idiot. Tyreek Hill. Made to the Super Bowl, has a ring. AJ Brown made to the Super Bowl. Stefan Diggs, you know, not quite made it over the hump yet. Debo Samuel, Super Bowl. Yeah. These are the top paid wide receivers in the league. And what they all got in common? They go deep into the playoffs every year. You can't say, oh, he's just a wide receiver. It's important who's throwing the ball. Yeah. But the best wide receivers, when they've got Nick Mullins throwing to them. When they got Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs throwing to them, they still make plays, and that's what you pay them for. Pay the man. Don't trade the man. You can trade Jefferson away for three first-round picks, but what are the odds on you doing what the Texans do? No, you're more likely to do what the Panthers did, all right? It's so easy to bust on a first-round draft pick. Look at us recently. Mike Hughes, Lewis Seen. These aren't guys. You don't always hit on Darrisaw. You don't always hit Jefferson. You don't always hit Addison. Quarterbacks are a coin flip. The best quarterback, you know, if you look at the last few drafts, where the quarterbacks, the best quarterback from that draft come from, he's not the number one guy. Bryce Young? No, it's CJ Stroud. Baker Mayfield? No, it wasn't him. Oh, come on, Johnny Football? Like, first-round quarterbacks do not always hit, all right? Don't trade away your face of your franchise just so you think you might be able to hit on a quarterback. Just trip, you're picking 11. Pick the quarterback. You want to trade back, you know, get some extra capital? Fine, you can probably get a good second-round pick and a first-round pick if you trade back and you still hit a quarterback, still get an edge rusher. You don't need to trade the face of your franchise to do it. There's a reason the Detroit Lions never traded away Megatron. 
Come on, John, we're going to sneak. I'm sneaking this question in now. Is JJ tr- the trade the right answer or not? A ridiculous question. No, no. J- JJ is the face of the franchise. The Vikings don't tend to want to keep these QB, uh, wide receivers around because they don't like paying the big money to the wide receivers. We got very lucky with JJ. Let's pay the man. Let's not risk it again because it's just not worth the risk. You don't get a Hall of Fame receiver like that, once in a generation receiver like that, every time you try. And John's spot on there with the fact that yeah, we got lucky getting Jefferson because if the Eagles had their head screwed on, we would have taken Jalen Rager. Okay, that's how different history could be. But have we already got lucky? Because we've got Addison. And last year, he was playing absolutely fantastic football. I think there's a couple of a couple of examples in the league that makes me think the JJ trade isn't the worst thing we could do. Rashid Rice has got a ring in his first year, and he's probably wide receiver one for the Chiefs. Well, how many people predicted that? Put your hands up. Come on. Nobody. And I'm sat in a room, you know, with a Jefferson shirt behind me, a Jefferson sign mini helmet. I, I, there is no other big fan of of Jefferson than I am. I love the guy, you know, but I was having a bit of a conflict today with a Titans fan who suggested that we could potentially get first round this year, first round next year, second round next year, second round this year, and the third round. You're talking there about if you trade that away, and if that, I mean, it's all hypothetical, but if you trade that away, you could potentially get Daniels, Neighbours, Sweat, and Verse in this draft. Does that make us stronger than having Jefferson in the team? No, because why would you trade? For, why would you trade away a player for a future first-round pick? Why would you do it? What happens? Look at the um, <laughs> look at the Texans. Okay, you could trade. They trade away their first-round pick this year for one last year. They make it all the way to the playoffs. Okay, what they thought, what the Cardinals thought. Oh yeah, that will still be a top-ten pick next year. Turn into the late twenties. All right. That is a mistake on the Cardinals' point. They miss, they misjudged what their pick was worth, and they misjudged who they were trading to. Do it to the Texans. They've got Will Levis. Okay, yeah, he's a bit you know, gung-ho, but what are you giving him? You're giving him that weapon to succeed. Don't do it. I'm just saying it doesn't sound like the worst idea, especially when you're saving what is probably going to be a guaranteed 25, 30 mil against the cap for the next four or five years look jefferson yeah and you have to pay all those players in three years time totally agree but if if the if let's go back to the original first question then what we're going to do to get a super bowl in three years well we'd have to pay these guys after that if we get one jefferson for starters well we can all go on a beach in in barbados if we win the super bowl no one cares after look at steelers fans leave your son out of it we're going to talk about (laughs) sons in the next segment all right anyway all i'm saying is we've got options you know Kirk isn't probably I think Kirk on a miracle season text us to the Super Bowl next year on a miracle but I want him back in the in the room because there is a chance but in two years time that quarterback is going to be have to be someone else now if that quarterback is someone we draft at 11 at 20 we trade up and get three we get a Titans pick at seven there's all sorts of options and all I'm saying is Jefferson whilst being the best wide receiver in football, is going to be the most expensive wide receiver in football. And there is other options to get us to a Super Bowl.
Anyway, now that's out of the way, we've got a nice question for question two, something that's probably going to be a little less contentious. So go on, Reese. what's question two? Well, as you've already started abusing your son, I feel like this is the perfect question to follow up on. This question came from Oliver on email, and it's on behalf of his son, Jack. Oliver says he realised the podcast and he thinks we are smashing it. So thanks for those kind words. Uh, he also loves the hello gentleman at the start. The uh, the question he's got, however, though, is, is for his boy, Jack. He wants to support an NFL team. He doesn't want to support the Vikes because his dad does. So he needs another team. What other team would be an acceptable fit? Rich, of course, you're a bit of an expert on this, having given your kids free reign to pick better teams than the Vikings or more successful teams than the Vikings. So why don't you different, kick us off? Different teams. See, when I was growing up, uh, a, a lad born in the northeast in Leeds, in in the era where they had Tony Yaboa, Lucas Radibi, John Lukic, uh, Gary McAllister, Gordon Strachan. They just won the last of the old first division. I I did everything in my power to be a Leeds fan because all my mates were Leeds fans. They were all wearing the Thistle Hotels tops, and my dad basically would make me sleep in the shed if I was going to be a Leeds fan. I can remember him taking me to the old Coca-Cola Cup second round at Roker Park. We stood in the home end against Leeds United. And I always say I walked into that game of Leeds fan and walked out a Sunderland fan. And the rest of my life has been an absolute sporting misery because of it. Because Sunderland supporting, uh, uh, Sunderland supporting lifetime has not been filled with too many uh, amazing memories of, of victories so when the kids were growing up and started getting interested in stuff unfortunately i have made them be sunderland fans so my lad goes around in a in a new sunderland top and uh, my little girl's got a sunderland top as well but i couldn't bestow two lifetimes worth of misery on them by making them be vikings fans as well so what i did was we put i found a, a, a picture on Google of all the NFL team logos and I stuck them up on the living room TV and said, pick one. And Penelope is a little bit more considerate. So she was asking some questions in terms of um, where do these teams play and what are they called? So we'd been to, um, we'd been to Florida that year to Disney. And uh, I said, well, there's a few teams that play in and around where we went on holiday this year. So you could be a Miami Dolphins fan. And she used to love unicorns and dolphins at the time. So I thought that was going to be a big hit, but said no to that. Or I said, well, you could be a, a, a Jags fan, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. No, no. What about the Pirates, Daddy? Uh, okay. So you want to be a Bucks fan. That's fine. She chose the Bucks. Two weeks later, they draft Tom Brady and then they win the Super Bowl in her first season, which is unfortunate. And then with Billy, he's a little less considerate. So he said, I want to be the Diamonds. I was thinking the Diamonds. Keeps looking around. Anyway, the Steelers. Three Diamonds on their logo. He wants that. So in terms of, of suggesting a team for your kids to pick, uh, that's the route I went down. I let them pick their own by, by, by letting them pick what logo they like best. But if, if I had to narrow it down to one, I've really enjoyed watching and following the Steelers because Billy's a Steelers fan and there's something about their fan base. I mean, their stadium is old and ruckety and they, they all stand there in the rain, welly in these yellow towels around. And But it's not just that. I think there's a bit of a, a sort of a hardened 
edge to their fan base and their football. And, you know, look at their players. You've got Najee Harris and and Watt and George Pickens. And I, I just, I like, I think they've got a future now. Kenny Pickett might or might not be part of that future. I don't want to write him off just yet. But if I was, if I was picking, especially as it's an AFC team and then therefore you're not going to play him too many times, I would suggest that uh, the Steelers are as good a pick as any. Yeah, I agree, Rich, in terms of keep out the division, keep out the conference. I also agree that you should definitely not bestow a life sporting misery on your kids by making them follow in your footsteps. However, I don't agree with the Steelers. I get why you say the Steelers. They don't have losing seasons often. But do you want to settle for middle of the pack or do you want to shoot for the stars with a young team? Jack, I assume you're listening, young lad. The answer for you is the Houston Texans. You've got what Big Deal Rich here calls a football unicorn in CJ Stroud. You've got a team that took a gamble with the draft, traded away future capital to pick again in the top three and hit on an edge rusher in Will Anderson. And then you think, well, any team can draft well with their first two picks. Well, maybe not the Panthers, but still. You go, oh, how about those mid-round picks? The mid-round picks where no one really knows what to expect. If it's a late-round pick, if it's a bust, it doesn't bother you. But the mid-round picks, you hope for something, but you don't always get it. Well, no, I give you Tank Dell electrifying rookie receiver you've got three young stars who are going to be built around in that team all right Damian Pierce had an offseason last year the running back but again young talent there's so much to be optimistic for probably one of the better left tackles in the game as well in Lani Tunstall pick them pick the Texans all right don't be like us don't be Vikings fans enjoy yourself you've got a future be positive about it. It's a young franchise. You're a young lad. It's the team for you. Trying to win the boy over, calling out Jack the Lad on the airwaves. This is uh, this is Reese's uh, career in politics coming out, which is I don't know whether I like it or not. I think it was. I think it was. It, do you know what? The Texans are a, a good franchise to pick, mainly because a lot of people have picked the Cowboys in the past, and now I think that they are going to be overshadowed by the Texans in the in the coming years. You're right, Reese. They're going to be a, a good team. But John, round us off. Who are you going to pick? My thoughts on this are: you shouldn't follow the. He shouldn't follow the Vikings because it's that's not the way it's done in the NFL over here. Everyone has their own. Everyone has their own teams. You see, you see at, at international games, all, all the family there. There, everyone's got a different top on, and it adds to the banter. And all the friends, all your friends have different teams, and it. So you always know someone who supports that team or follows that team, and you can give a bit of banter when you play when you play them, and yeah. But that's what I love about the NFL because n- nothing is harsh about the 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 supporting a different team. You're all everyone's always there and friendly and everything like that. But to follow to to pick a new team, I would definitely pick someone in the international marketing rights in the UK because. They're fresh over here. That they're really trying to press it over here. They're really sh- they're really pushing as much as they can w- with the international marketing rights over in the UK. And those franchises are giving the UK absolutely everything. So in in that you've got the Jets, 
you've got the 49ers, you've got the Bears, you've got the Dolphins, and you've got the Jaguars. These are the teams that are going to be most likely to play over in the UK recently. Jaguars, we know, play every year. But one of those teams will be, he should he should support, I believe, because they go around schools, they work with uh, children's clubs and everything like that over in the UK. They do all this stuff, not, not in, even in the season. They come in over here in the off-season and do, do stuff with uh, sports teams over here as well. So that's where I think you should aim to go because that will really get people him interested in the NFL. John, I feel like you put my answer to shame. That was really well thought out. And I would just, <laughs> I just said, oh, yeah, why not pick the Steelers? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I completely... Uh, agree with you on the on the international marketing rights and you will get more exposure for those teams in the UK the 49ers have got a ginormous UK fan base um, you're never going to struggle to to find another 49ers fan to watch a game with over here I don't know if you saw the the, the UK coverage of the Super Bowl and they had a full room at Ellen Road uh, where Fans have travelled from all over the place to watch that game. So, yeah, really well supported. Of course, you're going to see a couple of games, potentially a year with the Jags, and Trevor Lawrence is not a bad player. So that's not a bad pick. Personally, I wouldn't pick the Bears. Let's move on from those. But, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, really good point, John. And, you know, John, um, a a good point as well with the community spirit that the, the NFL adds. And sometimes, you know, we get fans on and we talk about the, you know, why the Vikings every time that we we get them on the show and everyone has got a slightly different answer to that, whether it's because they've played Madden or they've got a family connection or because they saw a poster or because they watched Ace Ventura or, you know, all these weird and wonderful reasons to support NFL teams. And uh, yeah, one of them, Jack, one of them will reach out to you. One of them will find the way to you and you'll have a reason and there'll be an obscure conversation you're having in a pub years and years from now when someone says, why are you wearing a Raiders hat or something ridiculous like that? And yeah, your team will find you. Don't you worry. But uh, Texans, Steelers, someone from the UK, um, marketing rights, someone like the Jags. Yeah, three not bad picks there. And if you are wearing a Raiders hat, then you can tell them you were smart enough not to listen to three idiots on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, what do we know? <laughs> anyway, I think we'll go on to the next. I don't even know what question we're on now. I threw, I threw a mystery question in with the JJ trade as well. Are we, on, are we still calling it question three, Reese? Yeah, we'll still call it question three. And this was a popular question. And it's one that we've uh, received on quite a few different platforms from a few different people. So, well. Let's get into it. So, yeah, this question, I've sort of retyped it a little bit to narrow it down to what everyone's asking, but it's pretty simple. It's been announced recently that the salary cap is going to rise 30 million. Which outgoing free agents should the Vikings prioritise in bringing back with that money? Yeah, 30 million, a little bit over what everyone thought of is going to be and then all the predictions uh it's nice it's nice to have another 30 mil if you're us if you're not it's not nice to have another 30 mil for the chiefs they'd probably pick up another star player somewhere which would be fairly annoying but uh yeah i, I, I don't know john what do you think where are you putting that money well let's let's face it the fir- first thing we need to sort out on this team is our qb we've got to see if we can get kurt back for that type of money we don't want to overspend on him Sometimes we've got over enthusiastic on Kurt, Kurt on this podcast. 
but we don't want to overly extend him and don't want to be tied up to him for too long. But uh, Also, the O-line. O-line is a massive need for the Vikings here. Dalton Reisner, we need to definitely bring back. He's was absolutely amazing last year. Very underrated. Everyone knows I've, I've been a big fan of him for on this podcast. So yeah, he didn't I didn't allow a didn't allow a sack all last year past him. So yeah, he's one of the ones I would definitely bring back and definitely beef up the O line. Good points. Good points. Yeah, I said last week that we would potentially just go through the team and understand who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. Quarterback. It's got to be. You've got to put somebody into a quarterback. And um, if you're going to draft someone to potentially take over in a year or two's time, you could bring back heart attack quarterback Nick Mullins just to get us through a season. I just I don't want to be as miserable as a Panthers fan. I'd rather bring back Kirk, pay him a little bit of money, get rid of his cap space. And allow us to be competitive next year. That that'd be my preference. So QB one, Kirk Cousins, that's the answer for me. Um, running back, Ty Chandler's probably gonna come back, Madison's gonna come back, Justin Jefferson's wide receiver one, Jordan Addison's wide receiver two, wide receiver three. You've got an option there. What happens to KJ Osborne? Personally, I wouldn't put the money there. I think we've got I think we've got other needs that we can take care of. TJ Hawkinson's obviously gonna start at some point. Um, next year, so he's going to be our tight end one. Ham, I think, has got another year left. Keep you honest. Yep, mate. he has. He's got uh, options to sort of void the contract at points, but he's going to be with us next season, providing no one does anything stupid in their head office. Yeah, so we've got CJ Ham, Darasaur. I'll just skip over the next one. Bradbury's going to be center. He's going to be playing center next year. Ingram's going to be playing right guard next year, and Brian O'Neill is going to be playing right tackle. But the biggest gaping hole in that O line, the, the O line that made us look almost flawless against the 49ers, was as you've just mentioned, John, is Dalton Reisner. He, he, he just embodies, I think, what the Vikings are about. He seems like a really great guy, massive on team and culture, and he was really, really good, which always helps when you're an NFL football player. So I think, yeah, the, 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 on offense, they're the two they're the two places I would put my money. I think I would bring Kurt back, run it back again, and I would uh, give him some help and bring back Dalton Reisner. That's, that's my little bit of extra cap money spent. But uh, come on, Reese, I'm sure you're going to disagree with us all. Oh, no, actually, I'm going to agree with you both. Um, as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, we have a big soft spot in our heart for a man and um i couldn't agree more you both are right we need to bring back dalton reisner but you're both wrong about saying else that money does not go towards kirk cousins 30 million 30 million you know what you know what that money is that money is the dead cap of kirk cousins it's just come back to you you've been given a new lease of life don't go spend it on the same thing well, you're wrong, obviously, but in fact, there's no but. I can't really understand any of your points. Kirk should be with the Vikings next season. There's no other option. We've got to blood in a quarterback, which means we're going to have to play a bridge quarterback. And if you're going to pay and play a bridge quarterback, you might as well pay and play one that knows the offense. Might as well pay and play one that potentially could get us to the game. Well, Rich, if you're going to pay a bridge quarterback, then pay someone who's a bridge quarterback. Don't pay that much for Kirk Cousins. And 
this is a man being you know, removed from Achilles injury. And as much as I absolutely love Kirk Cousins, I think he's a fantastic quarterback. To use this money that is our get out of jail free card for this Kirk dead money on Kirk Cousins, it's like you know breaking up with a girl and then turning up to the front door with a bunch of flowers. It, it's bonkers to me. You've got to use that money to push the team forward. And yes, you're going to need a bridge quarterback. There are plenty of decent enough free agent quarterbacks to allow you to blood in a rookie quarterback. You've got, you know, if you look at the examples of, you know, we, we say Mahomes as a good example of someone who sat for a while and then came in, Jordan Love being another one. But it doesn't always have to be that way. You can go in a bit earlier than, than that. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, both guys who everyone thought, oh, they're going to sit a bit longer than they actually did. But no, they're getting their te- they're getting their licks in early. Why can't you bring in a a quarterback off a of free agency that isn't the Kirk Cousins caliber, but is good enough to still win your games, keep you in games, fix fits magic caliber. That two are being another example. You know, have a quarterback who can steady your rookie, but also bring him in at the same time. I just think Kirk Cousins knows the system and there are a lot of players who are, we are paying a lot of money to, including someone we have to pay a lot of money to very soon in JJ, who are very, who are very happy with the system we've got at the moment and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins fits the system and JJ's made no qualms about it, that he needs to know who, what we're doing going forward with quarterback before he puts pen to paper. He's made no qualms that he loves Kirk Cousins and loved, has been had loved playing with him and that he wants him to see him back at the Minnesota Vikings. I get that, but a wide receiver isn't the system. The quarterback system and a good coach should be able to adapt like we saw with you know, O'Connell last year. JJ still caught passes off of Mullins. He still caught a couple of passes off of Dobbs before he got hurt in the game against the Raiders. And he looked electric, you know, with both those guys throwing to him. You give JJ anyone who can throw a ball within two yards of him, he's going to come up and make a play. And we saw it with Addison too against the Bengals. These guys have got a reach. You do not need Kirk Cousins. There are quarterbacks out there who will meet the needs of the Vikings. And I get why you're saying the system works with Kirk. I get it works with Kirk. Or it works with Kirk. We don't know what quarterback we're going to get. Sadly, I you know I hope for Kirk's sake that he is still the same quarterback, but we don't know that for sure. So why not you know give the reins to someone else short term whilst you blood in that rookie? Yeah, there's quarterbacks out there. Yeah, I just sat down in McDonald's the other day and there was an NFL caliber quarterback sat next to me. Who are these quarterbacks, Racing Quasi Field? Who are you going to put in charge? Well, of course there are the uh, the vicious rumors circulating about Russell Wilson being willing to take a veteran minimum deal just to get back at Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. I mean, would you not take any opportunity to get back at Sean Payton? I honestly feel that's pie in the sky. And while he might be prepared to accept a rookie minimum, he'll get paid a bit more than that. I reckon it'll be sort of that Geno Smith first year back at the Seahawks caliber of of a contract. But then you look at the other quarterbacks out there. Jacoby Brissett, I feel, is one who is an ideal fit for the system. He's not a starting quarterback. He's not going to be paid like a starting quarterback. He will be paid like your better backup. 
I feel like he's got experience of having rookie quarterbacks around him, and he you know, he can still win your games. He's not completely loose with the football, and you know, yeah, sure, he's not the best out there. You just need someone who can manage the game, and if you could build a run game like we weren't able to last year, you don't need to throw 30, 40 times a game, which is what you need a Kirk Cousins for. Build a run game, and you don't need that. And you're not going to go put a rookie in and go throw 40, 40 times a game, are you? Because you're just going to get him killed. You need to build a run game. And, you know, investing in your O-line instead of your quarterback, an expensive veteran quarterback, that's a better way of doing it. I do agree that there are a lot of QBs out there that who, who would fit the system and would be good. good. But ranking all those QBs out there in the market at the moment, Reese, who is top of that? If Kirk Cousins takes a, a cheaper deal, would you not want him back? Of course, but he's not going to take a cheaper deal, is he? He's being, I mean, we've heard it as recently as today, that the rumoured value, annual value of Kirk Cousins is 51 million. 51 million. We, we, weeks ago, we were talking about how we might go for 30, no more than 40 million. And here you two are arguing just because we've got a little bit of extra money now to go splash it on the quarterback. 51 million is absolutely ridiculous for him. I I, I was hesitant to sit at 30 million a year when I originally came in at that, but that was my absolute max. That was working for both sides. 51 million is an absolute atrocious amount to pay him, and that is that that would not happen. So we do need to move on from him if that's the case. I mean, we're in silly season at the minute. You've got journalists sat down with the cornflakes, picking paper out of a hat with a number on it and then creating content because there's nothing else happening. You know, the combine hasn't started yet. The draft hasn't started yet. Free agency's not open. They need some clicks. So all they're doing is putting 51 million on Kirk's head and saying, come on, come read my article. We know for a fact he's not taking 51 million. No one's paying a 36-year-old non-Super Bowl winning Achilles-injured quarterback for 51 million a season. But this language around tide you over or win us some games, competitive football is what we want in Minnesota. And Kirk Cousins give you competitive football. Yeah, Kirk Cousins gives you competitive football. But why can't any of these other quarterbacks? I'm not saying that you're going to be paying them three million a year and to be done with it. I know that these other quarterbacks are going to demand between sort of 15 to 20 million. That's sort of the lower end of the Derek Carr deal sort of money. But that is substantially less than 40 to 50 million, which is what Kirk is going to demand because the level of football he was playing, and let's face it, you see the videos of him now moving fine, you know, he's going to demand that sort of money and you can't go that way. Especially if you're going to go and bring this rookie quarterback in, how are you going to give him more pieces to build around? If you, if Kirk goes down again in week three, with, an, with another Achilles injury because it's just gone because it can happen when you get old. Look at Cam Akers, how many Achilles injuries he's had and he's young. It could happen again to Kirk and because Kirk's taken up this much money, you've got no money whatsoever to help out, bring some more veterans in, bring some more you know, respected pros in to help whoever's under centre. All right, I've got a question for you then. Are you taking... Ty Chandler and Kirk Cousins, or are you taking vet minimum Russell Wilson and throwing Derrick Henry into the mix? The latter. 
because Derek Henry can run behind anyone. I can't believe you think Terry Henry. We're talking about the quarterback here. I mean, I thought you were going to ask me about who's going to be the quarterback. Like that, but you know, you go, oh, Derek Henry. Well, yeah, I'm taking vet minimum um, Russell Wilson and Derek Henry because Derek Henry can run behind anyone. You could put you could put five Tom Comptons in front of in front of Derek Henry, and he'd still probably go for at least 60, 70 yards a game. But you're changing this into a, a run-first offense. There, that's the problem. You've I'm got, not, but you've got to be able to. You can't say a pass-first offense is sustainable, especially if you're going to look to build in a rookie and bring in a rookie. It's not sustainable. You have to have a balanced offense. And I'm just saying, if you've got Russell Wilson, who can, you know, dink and dunk, manage the game, throw the ball 25 times a game, probably hitting on 15 of those passes, you know, that 66% number that, you know, you look for in a good quarterback's game, is that if you can hit on two-thirds of your passes, you're doing something right. Being sensible with it. And I take veteran Russell Wilson over Kirk Cousins. Of course I would. That's what? 40 million different, 45 million difference. It's, it's simple, simple, you know, football's a numbers game, I guess, isn't it? Do you want me to moneyball this for you? What are you expecting? If we could get, if Kurt is demanding that much and we could get the Russell Wilson deal to, and screw over Sean Payton at the same time, I mean, that's a dream, isn't it? I mean, it does sound tempting, let's face facts, if we can, uh, if we can do if we can do both of those things at the same time. But it's been nice having you, Reese. but I'm not sure we can have you back if you continue to have opinions like this. As 50% of this presidency, I feel like I can say I will be back. <laughs> Diplomacy at its best. But I suppose that's all we've got time for. We're going to have to wrap this up at some point. We can talk about Kirk Cousins probably until March, every single hour of every single day until March, until we actually know. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been good to talk Vikings football with you guys. Are you going to come back again next week? I know we went through the offense almost position by position this week. I think we need to do the same with the defense. Reese, you threw in your obligatory Daniel Hunter line as you do every week. I know you're a big fan of that guy, but uh, it'd be good to go through the defense and, and understand what's going to happen with that before free agency opens. Absolutely. I mean, I'll happily come back and talk about defensive football and these impending free agents. Uh, it's nice to you know, for us to sit and talk about the office all the time, but yeah, defense wins championships. Certainly does. What about you, John? You coming back? Absolutely. Let's talk about some defense next week. Nice. Right then, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Cheers. Ta-ra.